The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hey, this is Steve Vaughton. You're here on My Turning Point. And this week we are joined by Brent Smith, lead singer of the band Shinedown. I've known Brent for years, great dude. And they have been at the forefront of giving back to coronavirus relief and to healthcare workers through a teaming up with Direct Relief. So I wanted to talk to him about that, about the new song Atlas Falls, how all this came about, and the importance of musicians giving back and being involved during this crazy, crazy time. And also, of course, how he's keeping sane. So hope you enjoyed the interview as much as we did. I mean, look, Turning Points take on different moments for different people in different times. And right now, we as a society are in such a turning point. And I know that you have been one of those people who's been active in giving back and making a choice to work with Direct Relief. And we're early on in giving back. A lot of musicians have been really great about it. But you guys were early on in that decision. And so I, I feel like it's, you know, everything at this moment is a constant turning point. For you, what would you say is a major turning point in your life that, that sort of leads you to where you are today and wanting to give back and, you know, taking action? I think that ultimately, as human beings, we're better when we need one another. And I think a turning point for me was if I had to start at the beginning, I just always wanted to make people happy. And I always wanted to perform and I always wanted to, you know, ultimately be a singer, be a songwriter, but a turning point for me, they're always happening day by day. I can't really put one particular thing that's happened to me in my entire life that has been one major turning point because each day is a gift in a lot of ways. You know, with everything that's going on right now, it's interesting because I have a lot of friends that are, that mean a great deal to me, but a majority of those friends that I really consider part of my family, they work in the medical community and they're on the front line right now. And ultimately what I see more than, than anything is the fact that the men and the women that are dealing with this right now, this is a global pandemic. And a friend of mine the other day, who's a, pretty established doctor. He said, you know what, Brent, you know what all pandemics have in common? And I said, no, what? And he said, they all ended. <laughs> and this is, you know, and this is from a doctor that literally is seeing hundreds of hundreds of patients. And I'm not, in, I'm not embellishing that either, like hundreds of patients a day. And so with giving back, we've always with our, our fan base, whether they've been there from the beginning or whether they're just finding out who we are. We've always said this, that 
in the band, we only have one boss. It just happens to be everybody in the audience. And over the years, we have just seen not only the generosity, but the humanity that these men and women, you know, from all walks of life, you know, because we tour and uh, our music is released on a global scale. But it's never mattered, you know, where you come from, who you are, whether you're a man or a woman, whether you're younger, whether you're older, color of your skin, that's irrelevant, your religion, that's your business. And uh, it's just about being united and about being around each other and lifting each other up. I don't think anybody needs any more uh, help with being pushed down. You know what I mean? It's, uh, there's a lot against us right now. Um, but there's always been elements that are going to be against the, the human race. I think what we have to look at in regards to what's going on right now, it's not just us. I think the planet is in her own way, mother nature. And if anybody asks, I can go ahead and give you the answer. Uh, mother nature is undefeated. I see a lot of like the memes <laughs> where it says the internet is undefeated. Mother nature is undefeated. And, you know, I think <laughs> it's interesting to see how the environment and the ecosystem is changing because there's not as many planes in the sky right now. There's not as many factories creating giant smokestacks filled with emissions. There's not as many cars on the road and you're watching an ecosystem and an environment being able to breathe again while we're inside social distancing and doing what we need to do to stop the spread. The earth is being able to breathe. And from a universal standpoint of that, I also think it's a way that the planet and just the universe is letting people know, Hey, are you going to stop being so hateful to one another now and maybe stop killing one another? Maybe let the other person talk and you may not agree 100% with each other, but maybe you try a compromise now because any type of history, that's why it's called history. And if you want to have a future, you got to learn from the present and you got to learn from history. I think that we have an extremely bright future ahead of us, but we're going to have to get, this pandemic under control and people are really going to have to start listening to the scientific and the medical community because right now they are the experts and people don't need to just say, no, nah, I'm not going to do what they're asking me to do, or I'm going to ignore that, or I'm just going to get in my car and go wherever I want. You're not helping. Like that's, that's not helping anybody. And with direct relief, when I found out who they were and they've been a company and organization since 1948, um, finding out what they're about and the fact that they're not political, they're not, you know, they're not biased. They're, they work with over, they work with all 50 states in the U.S. They're based out of Santa Barbara, but they work with a hundred other countries as well. And their sole mission is to get resources to the medical and the scientific community on the ground in times of crisis uh, to give these men and women the tools that they need in order to save people's lives. So, Masks, ventilators, scrubs, latex gloves, cotton swabs to make sure that they can have, you know, accurate COVID-19 testing done and not getting false positives or false negatives. I mean, it's a lot, man. And, and these men and women that are part of this organization and how they do this, um, it's, it's extraordinary to, to watch how much they affect uh, what's going on on the planet. They were, they were on the ground in the middle of many crises you know, many crises before a pandemic. So, I mean, this is what they do, but that's why they're so valuable 
right now and why they mean so much. And they really are getting the resources to these communities on the front line so that these men and women can save lives. Well, you know, there are so many interesting points of where you, uh, to go from there. And it's interesting. I think a couple of things that you mentioned really stick out to me. One about the, them not being political and we'll come to that in a second, but you know, it's an interesting thing too, in terms of the role of music in this. It's funny when I spoke with Vanessa Carlton last week, we were talking about this and you know, I, I think that music plays such a healing thing for people. Oh, we're going to come back to this. That was the other thing I wanted to ask you about. It's funny because I don't write out questions, so it's conversational, so I'll just jump around. But one thing that you talked about was so fascinating is uh, the plan of healing and people learning from it. And that's been something to me that honestly, I'm probably the most interested in. And thankfully, I've been fortunate. I haven't had people close to me get sick as far as I know. Unfortunately, I've known people through, you know, indirect contacts who've gotten sick. But, you know, so I'm kind of watching this a little more outside. And what's been fascinating is to see how people are going to respond to this, because you're right, it is such a learning lesson. And I've really been wondering, you know, what people are going to take from this. And are they going to take it as an opportunity to learn from this? And are they going to grow? Or are they going to continue to be the same superficial people who are like, oh, I wonder what's happening with fucking Tiger King or, you know, oh God, I better get on the right Coachella party lists, you know, the type of people you just want to smack upside the head. So the question is for you, as you're watching people and seeing people respond to what you guys are doing with Direct Relief and to sharing the song Atlas Falls and all this, are you getting a sense of people of how they are learning from this or taking this and are they growing? And it's funny because I see so many people saying like, I'm going to party my ass off. I, mean, I understand the immediate need to release tension after this. I'm thinking long-term, like, are you going to be the same person two, three, six months after the fact? I'm sure everybody in the world is going to fucking party their brains out, you know, that first week. Yeah. You know what? I mean, once again, you're talking about human beings and you're talking about culture and you're talking about, um, a world now, especially if we're talking about the United States, uh, it is just an influx of information, entertainment, um, pretty much anything you want is at your fingertips, you know, in regards to um, what I think some people call smartphone syndrome, which is basically someone leaves their house at 930 in the morning and they're trying to get to work and they realize that they left their phone uh, on top of the uh, uh, the sink in the bathroom and they're 25 minutes away from work and they literally have an emotional breakdown on the side of the interstate because they don't have their phone on them. So uh, <laughs> it's interesting because being an entertainer and doing what I do for a living, what I've been doing for 20 years um, is touring and going out and I tour the world and am very, very blessed to do it and very fortunate that I can do it. But I'm also that's not the only thing that I do. Um, and you know, I'm a writer. I'm also to be totally honest with you, I'm trying to educate myself on everything that is this COVID-19 and really understand what's going on because I've never seen anything in my generation like this. Even people in my family that are, you know, much older than me, even they have said, um, never seen anything like this in my lifetime, but I do find it interesting that my granny who is approaching 90, uh, when we were about two weeks into the self quarantining, um, we're probably overall, I'm in California. I've probably been social distancing now about five, almost six weeks. 
Um, but when we were like 14 days into this, I, my grandmother said something extraordinary. She goes, it's been 14 days. It's not been 14 months. It's not even been 14 weeks. And she's like, and people are like, you know, I don't understand how they can't handle being alone when all they do for most of the time is complain about each other. And now that you don't have each other, the thing that you're yearning for the most is each other. So if you don't learn from this, you're probably in trouble. Like if you don't have the wherewithal to understand that this is extremely serious and I'm not saying that we'll never ever be able to be around one another again. I don't think that at all. I think we'll totally be able to be with each other again, uh, hopefully sooner than later. But, you know, just like 9-11, nobody went to before that happened into airports and had to take their shoes off or their belts off or take their jacket off or empty out all of their belongings you know, in your carry-on bag. Now, that's just part of society because we had something that happened that forever changed not only the United States, but changed the world. And we had to implement different rules. You are going to see different rules also that will happen with this um, because we don't have a treatment just yet. We're far from a vaccine. Um, you know, the whole point about a vaccine is that you want to be able to administer a vaccine to an infant or someone that next week is going to, you know, be having their 100th birthday. The problem and where everybody is like, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up to the medical community, especially the scientific community and get a vaccine made. They're like, it, yeah, I wish it could, we could just snap our fingers and that would happen. But that's not the reality. Like vaccines take five, you know, sometimes long five years or more. Because they got to make sure what they're administering to global, to a global, you know, the entire human race, that when they administer the vaccine, that it doesn't kill someone. So I think I've, I've seen some reports where um, possibly 18 to 45 year old male and females, maybe by Christmas, might have a vaccine. But right now, you know, they're going to need to find a treatment, which I think is what they're trying to do. You know, if you get the flu, you take Tamiflu. It doesn't cure you of the flu, but it helps treat it so that you can get over it and your immune system can build back up and fight it off. So I know I kind of answered this question in different pieces. Will people learn from this or will they go back to whatever i don't even know what the tiger king is i see memes about it everywhere but i'm like i don't even know what this is because i'm i'm trying to educate myself on what what is actually important right now um, trust me that's not yeah it sounds like it's not important at all <laughs> um and you know look man you got to take don't get me wrong you got to take a break from the news that's the one thing i would tell everybody too do not stay glued to your phone all day looking at the news. Do not stay glued to your television set looking at the news. Because right now, there's a lot of clickbait, too. And, you know, nobody is selling subscriptions off of good news right now. I think that sometimes the news outlets, they need drama to build the momentum. But I also see a society of the people that, are missing each other so much right now and they don't want to feel like their own journalists are 
just talking about the negative and not focusing on any of the positive either. Because at a certain point in time, you're going to have to start seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. Well, you know, it's interesting you say that in terms of the bad news. And it's funny, like, for example, John Krasinski from the show The Office, which I love, you know, he started this thing, The Some Good News, which airs on Sundays. And this goes back to what we're talking about, you know, and the importance of art in this time and especially for artists to be sort of um, the way Michael Stipe put it uh, in an interview I did with him a couple of years ago was being beacons of light and, you know, leading the way and, and sort of providing, like you say, that diversion is so important. So talk about why you chose to release. Blah, I can't talk today. I haven't done many interviews, but why you chose specifically to release the song Atlas Falls and in the grander scheme, the importance of musicians and artists whether it being actors, whether it being musicians, in providing that diversion and offering people both comfort and some just hope. I think that's what art does, is it provides hope. I'm going to kind of go backwards in the way that you laid it out. Um, that's a really good question, um, especially the back half. 1,000% on the beacon of light that Mr. Stipe uh, is talking about. Uh, he's 100% correct. Like, that's the element right now between human beings and whether you're artistic or not, you have emotions and you have a soul and you have feelings. And, you know, at a certain point in time, you need a release. You do need hope. You do need optimism. And that's really what Atlas Falls for us is becoming and what we wanted to present right now in the midst of all of this just difficult news and negativity, not even negativity, just very, very difficult news. This is something that we've never seen before, and we're, but we're all in it. And you need optimism. Like there's enough people looking at the negative already. We need to be able to build each other up because I am saying this and I mean this and, and I will say this out loud. It is not going to be like this forever. But once again, you have to educate yourself on what's going on. So that's exactly what I do. That's exactly what I did basically and why the song exists. Um, the song was written eight years ago during the writing process for the fourth album uh, from Shinedown, which is an album called Amaryllis. And a lot of times with us is we'll write a lot of songs for a record and we'll record and we'll mix and we'll master and we'll decide what's going to go on that album. And because we write so many songs, we don't really believe in a demo format. Like if we write a song, then we, we record it like it was going to go on a record. Um, and I don't really remember why Atlas did not make uh, the Amaryllis album. I just remember at the last minute it was chosen to not go on the record. But I always had a kinship with the song. I, always I was always very connected to the, to the lyrics. Um, and I thought to myself, well, eventually one day, hopefully this song will see the light of day. Um, I didn't realize it was going to be this moment. Um, but during the two week point for me, when I first heard the term social distancing and self quarantine, it's how I found out about direct relief. I just started digging and trying to educate myself on what was going on. And lo and behold, uh, when I found direct relief, Atlas Falls popped into my head and cause the song's never been released. It was mixed and it was mastered to go on Amaryllis. But like I said, it, it didn't end up going on that album for whatever reason. And so I thought to myself, I had to go find it, first of all, and remember where it was so I could actually listen to the mix and listen to the song and, and kind of remember if I, if I recalled what it sounded like, which that's the other thing, too. People have asked, 
So did you remix this? Did you go in and change things about it? Did you, you know, write more current lyrics to what's going on now? And I said, no, the song that you hear that's out there now, that's the exact song it was eight years ago, um, which is kind of interesting in a lot of ways because that song popped in my head. I felt like the language in the song was something that people could use right now. And why it correlates with Direct Relief is we created a shirt with Direct Relief and with their permission because we're in a partnership with them to, to help you know, bring awareness to who they are. And there's a link, you can go to shinedown.com and it'll give you the link to, that, you know, to, the, to the shirt. And the shirt is $50, which is a lot of money. Um, the shirt costs $5 to make, but 100% of the proceeds of the shirt go to Direct Relief. We currently just hit the $200,000 mark from our fan base around the world. And that's in about 12 days, which is amazing. And it's still growing. But part of if you buy the shirt, you get the download of Atlas Falls. And the other side of that is also that the DSPs can't have the song. So streaming services like Spotify and Apple Music, Shazam, Pandora, although we love these companies, for what this is, we can't allow them to have the song uh, for commercial use. Um, there is a lift on that, but not until July 31st. Um, so everything before July 31st is all relative to direct relief obviously some radio stations are picking the song up because of the story but in and of itself radio has been so awesome about making sure that if they play the song the reality of of what's going on right now you have to get people to you can play the song atlas falls but you have to say why you're playing the song and why it's relative because atlas falls exists right now because of direct relief so it's trying to get the awareness to to the company and to the organization. But um, yeah, part of that is the song is specifically just for a download if you buy the shirt right now. Um, and uh, we just feel the song has a, a very, very needed sense of optimism right now. Well, you know, it's interesting. Let's go back to direct relief. I referenced this earlier and you mentioned the fact that, you know, they're not political. And I, I think, look, that's been such a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? such a clusterfuck the last few years, you know, I think it's right. important to realize that, you know, for everyone, the only way that you're actually going to get things done is to put aside partisan and this affects everyone and you're seeing it affect everyone and whatever your political beliefs are, you know, it's funny. I found that the organizations that are most effective over the years, I go back to so many years ago, right? I remember Bono from U2, who I love, one of my favorite, I've only interviewed him once, but one of my favorite bands, he took so much shit for meeting with George W. Bush at the time, but then you realize how much impact he was able to make on a global level with his AIDS charities and what he did. And looking back at it, it took a lot more maturity for him to say, I'm not going to play partisan politics to help the greater good. And it's interesting. So talk about for you, the importance of being involved with organizations that can put that aside and just say, look, this is what really matters. I think the importance of it and why it's important to be able to work with organizations like this is the reality they are aiding in saving people's lives by getting the resources that these nurses, that these doctors, that these scientists need on the level in the midst of crisis. Because it's interesting, like direct relief 
to the point of where they're almost under the radar on purpose. Like they were hard to find actually. And the reason for that makes them even more important because the reality is they're not political. They're not biased. They're there to help everyone. But the main thing that they're there to do is give the medical and the scientific community the resources that these men and women need because they have the experience with this, whether it's poverty that they're dealing with, whether it's a natural disaster, whether it's a pandemic, like they're always, they're still building houses and restructuring things in Haiti from when, you know, a couple, you know, years back, what, you know, what happened in Haiti, which was disaster. Same thing with the Bahamas and Dorian, like they're aiding there. They, they, they work with all 50 states in the U.S., but they work with a hundred other countries. And right now, the crisis is this pandemic, and they need the medical staff. These men and women need to have the materials that they need in order to save people's lives, and that's exactly what Direct Relief is doing. I mean, it is round the clock, 24-7, and their sole mission is to save as many people's lives as possible to get through the crisis in order to get to the other side. Well, it's interesting. I'm going to let you, I mean, so how did you find them, by the way? Because you said they're hard to find. How did you guys come together with them? You know, I, I say that they were hard to find. Maybe it, it, maybe it's me that I was looking at some of the more maybe traditional avenues. And I'm not going to be disrespectful when I say that because we work with a lot of incredible charities. I mean, immensely just amazing people. But I mean, I remember what I typed in was, I think I typed in, give me, or I, I typed in, what is a charity and or organization that helps the medical staff in times of crisis? I think that's exactly what I typed in and they popped up and, um, I'd never heard of them before. And I, I went in They're They're very, very easy to locate. You can just type in direct relief goes right to their website. Once again, too, you know, we have the shirt and we have the support, you know, that we're giving direct relief and also direct relief is allowing us to do our part too, to help them. Um, but like, if you don't have $50 and we know that's a lot of money right now, especially because a lot of people either, you know, furlong or, you know, um, they've been laid off or they're just in a holding pattern right now. We totally understand that. If you can't, you know, do that, it's totally fine, but you can still go to direct relief and you can donate $5, $10. I mean, you can still go there and donate if you want to help. Um, every, every bit, you know, every bit counts and it does help. Um, but yeah, once I found them, I just started, looking at the website, seeing what they do. And I was just blown away by not only how long they've been in existence, but just how important they are. So, uh, you know, everything in life, everything happens for a reason. You know, I, I was able to find them and contact them. And here we are trying to, uh, trying to get to the other side of the curve, man. Well, it's funny. We make these last two questions, but I think one thing, you know, wrapping up on direct relief, one thing that's interesting is, you know, I, I donate a lot with animal charities and I work a lot with animal charities. And, you know, it's funny. I mean, obviously you have organizations that are wonderful, like ASPCA, you know, Humane Association, all that. And those are great, but those get so many resources that I understand sometimes it's really nice to be able to help these smaller organizations that maybe don't get the same attention. 
So for you, talk about, you know, also the awareness you're bringing to direct relief in doing this. And again, not like you said, there are a lot of great organizations you work with, and I give money as well to ASPCA and Humane Association, but also sometimes it's nice to give to a wags and walks or something that just doesn't get the same level of notoriety. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I've kind of seen it. I, I'm not going to take, I will take zero credit. I want that to be established right now. I take no credit in this at all. Um, were we early uh, to start talking about direct relief? Yeah, we started talking about them, I think now five weeks ago. Um, and getting this into motion. And, you know, we did reach out to them because we wanted to do everything by the book. Um, I'm sure it was a little odd when our management got in touch with somebody over there and said who the band was and that they were part of management. And we would like to talk to, talk to them about how we could help. I'm sure there was a little bit of, yeah, right, whatever. And then someone hung up, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and then it was, and it wasn't like that. But ultimately, you know, we were able to get on the phone with them. We were able to tell them what we wanted to do, how we wanted to help. They told us and they gave us the resources that we needed from them and the permission to talk about their organization, which that was really the key, I think, in a lot of ways was asking them, is it okay if we promote you? Because all we're trying to promote is for you all to have, you know, the funds that you need or to help grow your name so that other people know who you are, because it seems like what you're doing is so, so important right now. Once again, I don't mean to be long-winded about this, but their whole mission is to get, you know, doctors and nurses and scientists, like during times of crisis, the people that are on the ground dealing with these things, get them the resources that they need so they can save lives. But, you know, the other night I saw Jimmy Fallon give a big praise to him um, on the Tonight Show. I know Ellen DeGeneres, has talked about them in the last couple of weeks. I think she donated. I'm not 100% on that, so don't quote me, but I know that she did uh, talk about them. I know Metallica just recently uh, gave them a big shout um, and what they're doing and, and how they're doing such a great job. Um, you know, some of the hardcore metal bands uh, are starting to talk about them too. Machine Head just brought them up. So there's a lot of people circulating the information. Also, you know, Thomas Tag, the 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 CEO that guy was you know guy was head of the Peace Corps and I mean that guy dude he's remarkable and you know they have uh, relationships with you know the the NBA and certain NBA players that are giving them a lot of praise right now and really kind of driving their audience to direct relief as well you know same things with you know Fortune 500 CEOs hedge fund you know people at Wall Street that really want to help that are are starting to talk about direct relief too, because at the end of the day, this is people saving other people. You know, I mean, once again, going back to what I said, I think human beings are the, we're at our best when we need one another and we definitely need each other right now. Well, that's a great wrap up note on that. One question I've been doing a Forbes roundup piece on, uh, you know, it's funny because I've thought a lot about the idea of, you know, going back to the Michael Studd quote about, music being a beacon of light. And I've thought a lot about, and I think what's interesting is during this time, this ties into Atlas Falls too, is if you look through history, whether it's, you know, the Vietnam era, civil rights movement, 9-11, music has always played a big part. But what's interesting is it's music that is real songs. It's not bubblegum pop. It's not really disposable shit. It's stuff that actually has substance. And so I, it got me thinking about 
best singer-songwriter albums. And so I've been asking artists for their favorite singer-songwriter album and why. And I've gotten everybody from like Alice Cooper and Susie Quattro to do it to, you know, new artists. So do you have a favorite singer-songwriter album? And, you know, what is it and why? That is such a hard question because I've never really thought about it from a singer-songwriter aspect. Um, I don't know if I have a particular album. I mean, one of them that's that is at the top and it's not because it's a very well-known record it's just because it's one of the greatest records of all time because of the songwriting and because of the woman that wrote it and it's basically just a record uh that's mainly her playing every instrument and singing and that's carol king and that's the tapestry record i don't think you could get more uh singer songwriter album per se i don't think you could go any higher than that uh, at least in my personal opinion, but I love Beth Hart, man. She doesn't get talked about a lot, um, but she's an amazing singer-songwriter. I'm an old-school lover of Jim Croce and everything that he did um, in the short time that he was able to be with us and give us a lot of just fan- fantastic, phenomenal singer-songwriter material. Joni Mitchell, I mean, I, I don't really need to say much there. I can just say Joni Mitchell. Right. And, um yeah. And, you know, the, the, you know, probably last but not least, um, you know, I'd have to give it to, uh, I'd have to give it to, you know, maybe not the most known individual. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, the last two I would say would be Simon and Garfunkel, but I would finish it off with someone that I just think is an inspiring individual on all levels. Uh, as far as a singer songwriter, and she doesn't get the credit she deserves. Uh, but that's Ani DeFranco. I mean, she's just on a totally different level. If you ever get a chance, just go down the go down the beautiful rabbit hole that is Ani DeFranco, man. You won't uh, you won't be disappointed. I fucking love Ani. I've interviewed her a few times. I mean, Dilate is just one of the great records of all time. Great record, man. Yeah, it's awesome. All great choices, and I like the eclecticism there. I love Beth Hart too. I've interviewed her several times, and of course, yeah. I mean, Carol King Tapestry would be, you know. In, in my top four, you, and it's hard to differentiate those top four, man. You can't really separate Blood so on the Tracks your, from Dylan. So what are your top four? Blood on the Tracks, Dylan, Blue, Joni Mitchell, of course, Tapestry, and Late for the Sky, Jackson Brown, who's just one of my favorites of all time. You know, it's funny you would bring up Jackson Brown. The other day, uh, our guitar player, Zach Myers, who's, a, a, you know, he's, he's a wealth of knowledge when it comes to that style of music, too. He was just... Uh, I was never really into Jackson Brown and he kind of gave me a couple of records to check out and I don't remember everything about them, but I just recently started to kind of like learn about Jackson Brown and I'm like, man, I've been missing out because there's just some really, really great material that that guy has done. I guess I just didn't know he was that prolific of a songwriter. Yeah, no, he's, he's absolutely in my top five of all time. And it's funny. He's one of those people who, you know, he hasn't stayed as he kind of comes and goes and he's an interesting dude. And I think one of the things that, I've gotten interviewed him several times, and one of the things I really respect and appreciate about him is in the 70s, he was a much more personal singer-songwriter, and in the 80s, he became very, very political. And most everyone will agree, it kind of cost him a little bit commercially, but you know, yeah. he's also been able to have a 40-something year career. And people, like in the 80s, he was writing, you know, during the Reagan administration, he was writing about Nicaragua and all that. And let's face it, that was not a popular thing to write about. But, yeah. you know, he still is one of the, like, if you look at a later song, for example, like Sky Blue and Black, fucking brilliant song. I mean, as good as any song you'll hear. And so I definitely recommend going down that rabbit hole in the same way. It's funny. I haven't listened to Ani in a while, so I'm going to have to go back and dig into that because I'm a big fan. I just haven't heard her in a while. 
Yeah, man. She uh, she's just got a lot of a lot of teeth, man, behind those lyrics, and uh, she's still relevant in a lot of circles, though. But I've always thought oh, she doesn't get the credit. Just feel like she doesn't get the credit she she deserves. But that might actually be on purpose. If you watch her and you see her interviews, she's kind of comfortable being. You know, she's kind of the queen of that style too. You know what I mean? So maybe she's comfortable with that. That's interesting you say that. One of my favorite singer-songwriters, and then I'll let you go, but do you know an artist by the name of Maria McKee who's out of L.A.? You know what? That sounds familiar, but I can't say that I, I know it off the cuff. You'd have to educate me on that. Well, it's really interesting because we did her on the podcast recently. She's just one of my favorite artists of all time. I've been a fan since the 80s, and the very long story short, and I wrote about this in is in the 80s, right? She was, uh, they open, her band Lone Justice opened for Dylan, um, co-wrote with Tom Petty, opened for U2, I mean, they were scheduled to sign to Geff and they were scheduled to be, you know, on pace to be the next big rock band in the world. And it just never worked out. And it's funny because we talked about it at the end of this interview last time. And she admitted, she's like, I probably always kept myself from being more famous because looking back on it, it would have just destroyed me. And I think not everyone, it's interesting that you say that about Ani, because not everyone can handle fame. It's, it's fame is a fucked up thing, as you and I have talked about. And so... Not everyone can handle it. And it's interesting. I do think some artists kind of go out of their way to just say, or they step back when they feel getting closer. Yeah. And I think that that's, to be totally honest with you, I mean, those, a lot of those people have long careers because they really are in control. Uh, once you cross the line into, you know, the, the mainstream, you have to remember something about that. And that is you asked for this. And you have to keep yourself in check, man. And, you know, it's something that I try to do on a daily basis because the only reason that I've been given a platform it is 1,000% because of the audience. Once again, I will always bring it back, you know, to the fan base that consistently is always growing, but they allow us to be ourselves. And in turn, we want them to be themselves as well. Uh, but there's definitely a relationship that is between you know, an artist and their fan base. Uh, but for some artists, I think that when they, when it starts to get too much, they can let it swallow them up. And for the artists that are like, you know what, I'm comfortable where I'm at. And there's a reason for that. Those are artists that are just, they're in complete control. So I got to give them credit when it comes to that. But at the end of the day, no matter what, man, it's always going to be about the people. The people are the ones that decide whether you stay or whether you go. And right now as a society, we need each other, you know, we need each other more than ever now. And uh, we're going to get to the other side, man. We are. We're, we're all in this together. And I'm not being facetious when I say it. I mean, we got this. We just got to believe in one another and, and get through this. And, and we'll be able to be with each other again soon. Cool. On that note, man, always a pleasure to talk to you. I really appreciate the time. Dude, right back at you. Thank you again for giving me all this time. You're an incredible journalist. I love talking to you. And uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing you in the future. <laughs> you're not looking forward to seeing anybody in the future at this point. Nah, man. We'll see each other sooner <laughs> than you think. We'll laugh about it when we see each other. Absolutely. Well, we all right, have a good one. Thanks. All right. Much love. Hey, this is Steve Balton. You have been here on My Turning Point this week with special guest Brent Smith from the band Shinedown. Really appreciate him joining the show. And congratulations to him and what the band is doing in raising money for direct relief and giving back directly to healthcare workers who are on the front lines of the battle against coronavirus. Thank you so much, Brent.
kids know that some projects need so many parts, it feels like you need a whole storage unit just to store them. That's what eBay Motors' 122 million parts are for. Think of it as your virtual parts garage. They've always got the right fitment at the right prices. Use the eBay Motors app or visit ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points. 